Mute you there. Here, uh, there's some back uh, uh, chatter happening on your channel there, Draco. Um, welcome to episode 25 of Hit the Lotto podcast. Once again, Pat Fangs, thank you so, so much for uh, the theme song. Pochi, thanks for the uh, for the logo. And my name is Romo, and I talk about shit that I want to talk about. I will uh, started this thing in during covid as a hobby i guess to hear myself talk even though i never listen to the podcast after i do it live <laughs> so i'm not even sure if that's true uh but um and now we're here rolling on 25 episodes and we have uh, well over a thousand downloads at this stage which is really cool some some cool shit that's going on so uh like i just talked about shit that happens and and this week is going to be uh no different in fact this week is again uh is going to be i get to uh talk about shit that's going on i can you're you're live there jacob but there's a lot of uh i can hear some reverb i can hear my voice okay um Yeah, I'm having a lot of trouble with my uh, <laughs> with my earphones. Uh, you, you see if you can uh, get them connected there. Um. Yeah, I don't I don't know know looks like it sounds like Sherlock's listening. If you can uh, let us know what you what you think here, if you can hear my voice. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to mute you there, there then, Draco, for a little while, see if you can okay. figure it out. So anyway, yeah, like we are uh, happy to, I'm doing that, that's the, I'm, doing, I'm doing that a lot today, I wonder why that's happening, that's weird, I shouldn't, it's something I never noticed, maybe that's, you only notice it in, at those weird moments when you hear yourself in a, in a playback. Um, but I, uh, this week we got some, some stuff to, to chat on about, like some crazy, uh, stuff has been going on. And, and if you guys listen to me for 25, you know, for 25 weeks now, um, uh, and my, my views on, I don't really do, I'm not really political. Well, I am, but I don't really talk about political stuff here, but I, I do find that, uh, what happened with the co- the pandemic and COVID and what's going on with uh, vaccinations has a lot to do with politics, if not science. And, and I really feel that way. Um, and so that, and it's just become this political thing. And that has, uh, has been brought out to my attention when uh, Big Bird on Sesame Street, and for you, yeah, it's fine now. I'm gonna pull uh, Drico back in and see if it, see if it's changed at all when Drico comes in. But uh, we'll see if he's uh, if it's still echoing. But let me. I'm gonna get the, the topic out here first, so I throw it out for you folks that are out there listening. At least. So Big Bird um, tweeted, and I don't know if you guys know, but uh, Big Bird is a very f- famous 
big yellow bird on a very famous children's show in America called Sesame Street that's been around forever, public television. So it was, it's been funded, public television, funded by the government, RTE here in Ireland, but there. Um, and there's always talk about defunding it. It's political. It's 100% a political. Republicans want to take defund it. Democrats don't want to defund it. What, whatever your views are of it, yes or no, um, uh, the fact is it's political. Republicans want to defund it because they feel it's socialist and democratic, and they want to say, show your tax dollars going to cutting your tax dollars, and Democrats want to keep it because they want to see it happen because it's like kid shows and you know maybe it is socialist i don't i don't know I'm, I'm not sure why you know it costs the government very very little money to run and it's and sesame street has lasted this whole time and sesame street was was like jim henson and frank oz and frank oz like jim henson became jim henson i mean Jim Henson in America came to Muppets and Jim Henson and Frank Oz too. Like Frank Oz, like did work for so many movies that you didn't even know he did work for, you know, but anyway, they started Sesame Street and, and Big Bird tweeted <laughs> that he got his, he, he got his vaccine and um, he, <laughs> he tweeted that he got his vaccine and ted cruz senator from texas who ran for president um he tweeted back he called it propaganda and said that now they're directing propaganda to our children <laughs> now we're we're we're, we're propagandizing this, this democratic propaganda it was if there's no further proof to people out there that th this hasn't become political then you know again the challenge is is thrown because this is this is what's going on you know and we're <laughs> we're in, first of all big bird is an adult like big bird's been around for big bird is not a child big bird needs to get his vaccine Big Bird is over the age of 18. Big Bird, I mean, Big Bird, it's not like Big Bird, but this kid, it's a kid's show, but like it's a bird, <laughs> it's a kid, and it's what should be done, and it's what every science out there says should be done. But because there's a, a, even a, a twinkling of a mandate from a government to get this done, people are just not going to do it simply because, and they're going to make up reasons for that to happen and they they I've, I've learned that there's there's a term for uh see if i can find it but there's a term for that there when uh uh outrage farming that's it it's in my it's in my title outrage farming is the term for that so now what they do is these topics go on to TikToks and Instagrams and all these social media, and they they outrage farm people to follow them blindly, and it builds this whole like thing, like this, like it's it's they they're literally farming for outrage, and it happens on both sides. It happens on both sides of of that spectrum, uh, you know, between red and blue. It happens on 
ultra liberal as well as ultra conservative, but it's happening and it's pulling these people from the middle in and it's becoming super, super effective at like working, you know, so much so that Ted Cruz played accused Big Bird of propagandizing to a five-year-old. You know, I, I just find it uh as the as the parent of of a twelve year old and going to be three year old there in a few months. Um, fuck off! Fuck off, Ted Cruz! Fuck off! My propagandizing our children. Oh God, I can't! I can't! I can't! Maybe I'm completely wrong and off base, but I'm sorry. And 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 I know that makes me like. Like Aaron Rodgers says, Fox News is gonna want to have me on, and and Democrats are gonna hate me. But I know. But look, this is political, mate. It's fucking political, Aaron. It's fucking political, and uh, you know that's the problem that I have is that it's not. I, I could respect a solidly good answer, a solidly good answer. If you're pregnant and you're like, look, I just don't know because I'm pregnant. I don't. I don't. So even that, like, okay, or. Stay safe, you know, if that's the way you feel. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know a good reason. I don't know. I don't know, but, but, but I know that's batshit crazy, man. That's absolutely batshit crazy. And, uh, oh, you're going live there. Goldie's going live. He's on his flight to Phil Killarney. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's just, a, it's, it's, it's just one of those things that pisses me off. Like, it's just, that's like, come on. And, uh, uh, let me, Drick, are you, uh, let me unmute you there. Unmute you there. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Um, uh, well, no, you still. All right. All right. So what I'll do is, um, I'm going to, I'm going to mute you, Drico, and then I will, uh, I'll try and bring you in, just keep bringing you in so you could speak like, and hopefully we don't get the, uh, the repetition over the thing, because there's definitely something going on with your headphones there. Maybe if you even pull them out, maybe that's even, I don't know, but, uh, uh, let's see, see, see if we can, we can sort it out, but either way, I'm you're there for me, but let's get it. So let's get into it. So, so Drico, um, you, uh, are closer even to it than uh, than all of this stuff than I would be, but uh, obviously Aaron Rodgers will keep will stick on that pro on this one t this topic. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has been uh, basically outed, for lack of a better term, of lying to not being not getting the vaccine, apparently not following protocol. Packers staff knowing this as well. Um, and then kind of lying to the public because he didn't want them to sort of be on his shit and saying, you know, using terminology that, that uh, he shouldn't have, you know, he was very misleading. It was misleading. It would be, if it was in court, it would, they would say objection, misleading. And the judge would say, yeah, you're right, man. You're misleading. Stop. Ask a different question. Um, so he, Aaron Rodgers got, got he, he, you know, he got outed for it and he had COVID and he had to skip last week. But, um, uh, you know, there's been with that, there's been a certain amount of, uh, of some outrage and, uh, and some anger as well as, you know, obviously now it's fucking political. It's fucking political. 
Um, Patricia, what have, have you read anything else into this that, uh, that you can add to as well? Um, so hopefully you, you can hear me okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the biggest thing for me is that, like, he said he was, uh, he was immunized. He was asked a direct question, hey, are you vaccinated? And he said, yeah, I, I've been immunized. And I guess he, knew, he probably knew that his, uh, his stance on it was going to be very uh, controversial. And he probably just wanted to be able to do what he wanted to do without it being in the uh, public uh, um, spotlight. But I, I, I mean, I guess the, the, the thing that bothers me the most about the whole thing is that they have these protocols and fair enough if in a way would i kind of like i get that for human nature wise but the way he's just been treated completely differently we lost you there a little bit if you want to repeat that the way he's just been treated completely differently the entire time like he's just been able to set the rules that he thinks make sense not the nfl rules he's been able to live by what makes sense in his brain uh, um, and uh, and then when he gets caught like he 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 uh, he was just living by his rules the the uh, the NFL belligerently or say not belligerently uh, um they've like i guess they've had to come to terms with the fact that like they were just kind of accepting that he uh he was living by his own rules and uh, and and then the punishment is like $14,000 fine or something like that which is like like people wear the wrong color jersey on a game and they get fined more than that uh, and then all of the all of the stuff that he was saying was like was just it was wrong too like he was saying oh yeah like um uh my immune my immu immunology Thing was like I've been taking ivermectin, and um, what was the what was the other thing that was um people were taking uh, earlier? I can't remember, but yeah, I know that there was something. Uh, and it's just like I guess it's just it, it like it's I guess it's it's it, it's just strange that uh, somebody who's uh, been able to kind of like successfully compete. And and it, it is very intelligent. It must be extremely intelligent. It's just uh, going to believe things that, uh, like, they just don't have like. There's just no evidence. There's no. There's nothing to support the idea that ivermectin works. Like, there's nothing. Uh, the the most the, no, the strongest thing you could have said about it before was, hey, we can't prove it doesn't work, but in a uh, like they they started using it en masse in India, and they had to stop. Uh, and um, uh, Rogers actually he he actually used them using it in India, in uh, as, as a, like hey this is why it works. But they actually had to stop because it didn't do anything, and it's just it's just very strange. Did he did he not um. What uh, was he not? He he was at the, he was at the like a Packers team 
Halloween party or something, right? Last week. And that's like, I get completely against protocol. And like, like he knew. And did everybody know? Do you think that the whole team, did they all know? Or were they all burying this thing? The whole NFL was everybody burying this thing? Or the NFL had their head in the sand. That's what they do. But like the Packers basically, they were burying this thing, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, they were just, they were just kind of. You are. Breaking up pretty big there, buddy. <laughs> Are you there, Jack? Oh, you must have muted yourself or something there, man. But uh, yeah, apparently he went to a... Packers party or something that uh, uh, was was uh, um, um. yeah we're still getting a lot of mute for oh sorry I got to mute you there a second I'll unmute you but you're back on there Draco um, yeah he was at a party like and I guess I mean from my the question again that I have for you, Jack, is uh, it's, hopefully this isn't a bit clear, but did the, did the Packers bury this? Go yeah, ahead. It, so it, it, like just a complete like this dishonesty. <laughs> and the the irony about that is that uh, you were on this show, this very show. I had you on as a guest, and you said to me, "Ding ding 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 ding." I have a bit of insider information. I said, what are you talking about? You have insider information. And you said it was about the Packers and it was about Green Bay. And you said that pretty much no one in the Packer management organization could stand Aaron Rodgers anymore. And they they want him gone. And they were stuck with him for this year. And now the shit is hitting the fan. <laughs> Yeah, uh, like I guess the fact that yeah, it is that that is what I heard that uh, no, I, like it's, it's particularly the front office. They hated that he wanted to be treated differently. That like he saw that he just saw himself as this star. That like hey, I, I like I I I get I get preferential treatment essentially. Uh, and it's it, it is funny because like as an NFL quarterback, that that kind of is the case. It's like they are that important, and uh, what they do is that hard. That in lots of cases, it, it 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 probably is the correct thing that they get preferential treatment. Uh, but when it comes to a health thing, like fuck no. Like and it is that <laughs> thing that like. He 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 he, he's, he he does seem to it does seem to be so ingrained in his head that he gets preferential treatment that he wanted the same thing here, and you're right it it, it just it, it just it's complete like a demonstration of why of of why they might be bothered. So that's that's I mean you made you're, you're right you totally you made a great great points there. Sorry if it, uh, it cut you off for the show because I just have to 
just so we, you're clear, I have to mute you when I think that you're done so I can come in because it, then it, I don't get the repetition. So hopefully the guys, you guys out there understand as well, but uh, I want to stay with, uh, with football. So obviously um, Raiders are in a little bit of a, little bit of a mess here. Now, you know, the Raiders move from Oakland, they go to Las Vegas and like the shit is hitting the fan with the Raiders and uh, draft picks, car accidents, threatening things like all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, but I think the the topic that you wanted to bring up was that was interesting was John Gruden and as we know, John Gruden got into trouble for making some racist biased comments uh, and just just not just you know con, con, you know. That's he should should he shouldn't have said it in an email. He shouldn't have fucking said it in an email. Like, what are you thinking, John? Anyway, um, uh, but still not nice, like not good stuff. And so, uh, he he can't. Turns out that there was some data done, and I know you love data. And um, the the data turned out some some interesting uh, tidbits of information. You want you want to get into the the John Gruden uh, situation? Yeah, uh, th- thanks. Uh, so, um, yeah, it, it was. It I think that the, the thing about his emails and stuff like that, uh, like uh, before I get into the numbers, one thing that people that people kind of focused on and that they kind of latched onto were the comments he made about Michael Sam. He was like, "No way should the uh, uh, should Roger Goodell be pressuring uh, uh, the Rams into drafting an F word." Uh, I'm not. I'm. I. I. I that's not a word I want to say, uh, live. Um. But like people, there. There were some people who were like, well, actually, like maybe Roger Goodell shouldn't be pressuring, uh, him, him in, in him into making that traffic. But like, I, 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 honestly, I find it really hard to believe that there was any kind of pressure whatsoever. But aside from the point that that was that wasn't the only remark. He made so many like he said so many bad things about just so many different groups of people. That I was like, okay, it was it, it wasn't just like some kind of like quirky offhand remark that was was read wrong. And he, he like this guy fully believes in in lots of these different things. And then in terms of the numbers, so uh, before John Gruden uh, uh, was. Was hired uh, as as the coach and and the, the, the they called him the, the the de facto football czar. Um, they had they had a uh, they, they had they had this GM who uh, who who essentially the the Raiders roster um, had the highest percentage of uh, of black players in the NFL and it was like over eighty five percent, and then. Uh, as soon as soon as uh, Gruden comes in, he cuts that down to like sixty five percent, like immediately, and it like at the start of his tenure, and then that percentage actually stuck the same throughout, um, and so like that's like an eight player swing, and I, it's it's just something it's 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 very strange, right? That's very strange. Yeah, it's uh, uh, it could be. <laughs> I wonder. 
I mean, here's the problem, Draco, and you taught me this. And we have a, another guest in the studio. Uh, I have him. I have him muted here for for just a second. But uh, we're, we're welcoming him in. But here's the issue that I have with the pout is that did we do our due diligence here to find out was he the only one, and are there others? I don't. I, I'm not saying that there was, but I'm saying did we is is just doing a, a one off on what Gruden's policies were for that time period do we have to run those up against the other the other teams before we can cast stones or not, or not based on some pretty shitty stuff that he said so um that that is a fair question uh, maybe don't look at the uh, at those percentages in a vacuum um but i i believe taking it down to that rough 65% essentially made it the most white roster in, in the NFL. Uh, so it went from the blackest roster to the whitest roster. And he said all that stuff. Like, uh, like <laughs> and I guess people are like, oh, well, it's, it's still like 65%. But to me, like, come on. Like, the, the, the reality, like, Maybe it's maybe this is an uncomfortable thing to say, or maybe this is controversial. But for whatever reason, there's a lot more good black players than uh, than there are white players. For whatever reason, that that's just, that's just like that's just a fact. So the fact, but the fact that he like made seemingly made such constant and uh, concerted effort to uh, to add all these like to to make his his roster white because like. I mean, 17, 18, 20, close to 20%. And I think it's like a seven or eight player swing as a already. Like, that's like, that's not like statistical noise. And uh, I read in an article that if this, were a, if this were a civil lawsuit, like a civil discrimination case, it would be well over the threshold. Like, it's not like, oh, this is just some quick statistical thing. No, this is like, this is a large number and, and it's like definitely uh, big enough to be suggestive. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's bring in our, uh, our next guest here then to uh, talk about that because he would be uh, versed as well in the uh, scientific method, if you, if you will. But uh, we, we're, we're, we're lucky, Drico, to, uh, to have back in the studio for, for the second time, even though I bug him and bug him and bug him, and then he just shows up one day like fucking Captain America or Batman or some shit calling into the studio to, to, to chat with us. But we love having him back, and, uh, and I think it's a, he, he's a great guest. So let's uh, – Gary Somerville, back in the studio, man. Congratulations. To, or you're, you're, you're welcome. Not congratulations, but you're welcome back into the, the studio, sir. How are you today? I'm doing well, lads. How's it going? Thanks for having me back. No problem, no problem at all. We got a, a little bit of a, an issue I have with uh, Drico that is his uh, his uh, microphone combination isn't working, so I get this horrible uh, backlash. So I have to mute him and then unmute him to bring him in. So so I'll, I'll bring him. You're you're not being uh, uh, rudely interrupted by Drico. I'll just tell you. I'll just tell you that because it's it's me who's forgetting to bring him in and bring it not bring him in. But I think I've been doing a fairly good job. But what do you think of the? Well, I don't know if you heard that that situation there. Uh, but what do you think about the, 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 the data that they collected on, on Gruden there and the Raiders, even considering what's happened to like his first two draft picks 
like they turned out to be men of questionable caliber. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know, like like let's be honest. They, and don't, there are lots of men of questionable cal- caliber, but the two and statistically, you know, what, well, you know, he did that. So, what, what do you think about that? That you think that's something that we should we should be worried about with with a guy like Gruden? Like Gruden? It's a total one. Oh, hang on, I'm getting some feedback here. No, that's coming from Draco too. So I'm just going to okay. mute him. You go ahead. Yeah, it's it's a bad look on the Raiders because they brought Mike Mayock in, and I'm, I've been a big fan of Mike Mayock from watching draft coverage for for many many years, and. He's regarded around the NFL as a bit of a draft guru, you know, and a lot of it falls on him too. I think Gruden is like the, the public punching bag because he's the head coach and everything falls on him. But, you know, at the end of the day, Gruden's been the GM and he's been the one evaluating the talent. And now they've got two guys cut from first round picks within a week, a week and a half due to questionable off the field um, activities from the two of them. So, I think some of it falls on Mike Mayock as well. Um, you know, he's supposed to be evaluating talent, and these are two guys that clearly have had, you know, behavioral issues leading up to this point. This isn't something that just happened overnight. Um, so I think he's partly to blame as well. Um, and then all the emails that came out, I think the, the crazy thing is, I don't think these would have come out if it wasn't for the Washington football team investigating. Am I right in saying that? That's the only reason these emails came to light. That's a good question. I'll, I'll bring Dricko back in here so he can, um, he can, he can maybe shine some light on it. What do you think, Dricko? Um, so, um, the, well, the, the thing that about Mike Mayock, the thing that, like, I guess struck me the most was that after uh, uh, um, Gruden resigned, the Raiders said, okay, now, and then, like, this is what the report said, now um, Mike Mayock will have... Uh, uh, will be the final decision on all uh, on all personnel stuff. Uh, so, but I guess at the at, at at the at the end of the day, like even even if you're involved, you're you, to to some degree you're responsible. Like it doesn't matter if 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 it's truly your decision or not. Like if you're involved, you have to take some responsibility when stuff like that happens, especially with uh with the uh with the rogues thing and and the uh that cornerback. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a fair point that, uh, uh, Gruden is definitely been used as a, as a scapegoat, uh, for like, they, they're, they're obviously trying to bury other stuff. Uh, I, I have, I have a personal hunch that they, that they use Gruden because he's probably an asshole. Like, I don't What's think that, that sort What's of that? stuff happens to, uh, to people who aren't assholes. Uh, like, they, they they choose that sort of thing, but that doesn't that doesn't make it right. That doesn't make it right that he's been scapegoated. Uh, but uh, it, it, it he has definitely been used as a as a scapegoat. That's that's a fair point. Yeah. So it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting it's an interesting topic though when you think about. I mean, is Gruden that? I don't know from a coaching standpoint. That's just just me as uh, you know, take putting on a coaching hat. Like Gruden still is an old school. He's from you know when you think about it, he's not a young guy. And we, you know, the thing about Gruden was Gruden was this dickhead of a coach that got fired from a job and then won the Super Bowl after that happened because, but 
from the same job that he got hired back to do, like the whole Gruden thing, but the same job he got back hired to do. He, that that was how, how many years did Gruden have in between gigs? You know what I mean? He was doing he was doing the thing for for uh, ESPN. He was breaking down the quarterbacks. He had a cushy career, Gruden, doing that stuff, sending those emails out when it didn't matter because no, it was ESPN and it was kept internal. But now it would be there would be is this outrage uh, farming? You know, are we outrage farming here by? being outraged by about you know the don't get me wrong he deserves to be fired i'm not saying that that he doesn't deserve what he deserves i'm just saying that do you not understand like from my standpoint all right i get it man like rudin i i've I've been around these guys my whole life it's what they are it's it's, that's why we're, we're like surprised when these athletes go out and do stupid shit like no offense but this is the most violent team sport on the face of the planet. And the whole point of this sport that these guys are playing and coaching is to bash the piss. Now it's changing over time. I get it, whatever, into different. But it's changing because the athletes are getting bigger and stronger and faster. And the the concussions are even worse, even though the technology is trying to catch up with them. The fact is, the, these if you are in the NFL, you have had a form of CT, unless maybe you're like the that Georgia kicker that's kicking for, for the Colts right now that's lighting up the fucking league, right? Because he probably has never got hit in his life. But like other than that, you have had massive concussions in your life. So like what are we expecting here? You know what I mean? Getting angry. I'm just saying the outrage. Like don't get me wrong, you know, it's worth it, but is it not? It doesn't. It doesn't. I, I think it doesn't surprise it, me. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think you know it was so many comments um, all rolled. Like if it was one comment here or there, I think maybe he might have gotten away with it. But I think it was just the accumulation of all this together. together. Um, um, it's who's that? Oh uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah. I'm just trying to see if I. That is definitely. I think if it was maybe, if it was like the one comment here or there, um, he may have held on to his job. I think it was just when the writer stepped back and was like, "There's a mountain of shit here that we'll have to dig through if we keep him." And I think maybe the relationship just became untenable. And you know, it's hard to say whether it was like some of the the racial tone comments he made or whether it was you know, um, they have defensive end there, Carl Nassib on the team, and Gruden was you know, dropping F-bombs all over the place in emails. So, you know, that would have made for a very rocky relationship there with him on the roster. So it's hard to say really whether it was one comment over the other or maybe someone in the league just had a, you know, a bit of a bone to pick with him and it was a bit of a hatchet job. I don't know. But, like, I think in the end when the Raiders stepped back and said, look, there's a lot there's a lot of bad stuff here and it's a bad look on the team and the club as a whole, Um and, you know, it was a big call to make. He was in a 10-year, what was it, 10-year, $100 million deal, which is, unless you're a Bill yeah. Belichick, you're not really getting those sort of contracts. So they re- it must have been a very, very tough decision to have to weigh up, you know, we got to pay this guy, what, 60, 70 million still, and he's not going to be coaching for us. Um, so I, I can't imagine it was a, a decision that Davis made lightly. But, uh, you know, in the end, maybe just all those comments caught up to him, and maybe there's more in the pipeline that are coming out, I don't know. Um, but it was, I think it was just a bad look on the Raiders, you know. Um, but 
yeah, it sounds like he's filing a lawsuit or something like that against the NFL. So maybe somebody had it out for him and, and kind of leaked all these emails. Um, my knowledge of the case uh, isn't, isn't that deep apart from all the comments he made and the odd emails. So if I miss something there, Trico, feel free to jump yeah, in. Bring, yeah, Trico, I'm going to... I bring you jumpy in, Jerry Pico. Did he filed suit against the NFL, correct? correct. I, I actually, I didn't see that. Uh, I didn't see that he, uh, he, he filed a lawsuit against the, uh, the NFL. But one, one thing, one thought I did have though was like, and 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 you guys tell me if you disagree. Um, but I think like a coach and especially a head coach, like that's a respect position. Position, like. If you're going to, if you're going, if you're going to lead, like, at least, like it's got to be at least a hundred people that Gruden was supposed to be the leader for, like, not just all the players, but the coaching staff all the way down. Like, he, 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 he to do that pr- effectively, they have, they have to respect him, and like, with all, with the the amount of comments and how bad they were. Like, expect, particularly with, with the players like Aaron Nassib and, uh, and, uh, and, like, I guess any black players as well. Um, like, that, to me, that, 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 that actually impair, significantly impairs his ability to do the job, too. Uh, like, obviously, you don't want pe- people that, like, have bad publicity, you don't like, blah, blah, blah. But, I think that would actually affect his ability to do the job too. I think that they should have gone to Carl Nassib first. I think this could have been a movie. This could have been a novel. We could have written a story about uh, the problem we have now is <clears throat> we're so polarized. It's very difficult to get those beautiful like, this guy was this, and then he changed into a beautiful butterfly. And the Gru- we're never going to get the Gruden redemption story. And if they would have went to Carl first, and he said, let me, let me talk to him. Maybe they had, had a good relationship. Who knows? Maybe they actually had a good one. And he was like, I could I think I was turning him around. Like he was actually, he changed. He was actually a good dude. You know, do you think that, do you think that we, we can't tell the story now? We can't tell the story because he, he's never going to get his redemption. He's done for good, right? Unless he, even if he wins this lawsuit, well, any, I mean, maybe a college would touch him, but the pros would never touch him again, would they? I think you have a, you, you bring a great point up there. Like, um, I remember about a year or two ago, someone made comments, um, uh, kind of anti-Semitic comments, and Julian Edelman was like, you know, he he's Jewish, and he stepped up and he's like, look. Like, let's not rush to cancel this guy. This is an educational opportunity. And he reached out to the player. I can't even remember who it was, but he reached out to the players like, look, we can sit down over a meal and we can discuss, you know, um, if you have an issue with Jewish people or whatever it may be, we can sit down and talk about this. But he actually stepped up and defended the player. He's like, let's not be so rushed to, you know, pull the cancel switch and, and cancel someone over a comment they may have made a few years ago. And it's possible that that, approach could have been taken with Gruden because we don't know like like you said um Romo like he could have had a great relationship with Nassib and you know they could have been you know he could have been changed and he might not have had those point of views anymore but you know the rug was pulled out from underneath him and that was it uh, that could have been an educational opportunity for him is like 
Nasib was like, look, can't really be saying that's our award. Um, if we're going to have a worker relationship and people are going to respect you, maybe dial it down a little bit and moving forward, um, you know, we can all be better. But you won't get that opportunity, you know, anymore because he's not at the club. Whereas with that player that made those comments last year, Edelman stepped up and was like, look, let's have a chat about this and let's move on better from this um, situation that popped up. So, you know, sometimes it might not be the, the wisest to just, you know, go full cancel culture, let the person try and learn from their mistake and, and hopefully not make it going forward. But that's just my personal opinion about it. I mean, yeah, and I'll bring you into coming on in a second there, uh, Jicko. But I, that's, that's, I think, that was kind of, that's kind of what I meant. Yeah, yeah, totally what I meant. For lack of, I mean, we're not going to... We're not going to tell the the movie of John Gruden using all sort of anti-Semitic language and then turning into this amazing person because he's not going to become this amazing person. But like you said, are we do we do we jump now? You know, are we so quick to to this you know cancel culture thing that we can't even have the discussions anymore? You know, like we can't even, and it's every and it's and it's again it feeds back into. Uh, what you guys out there and what that you guys in the studio know is my thing. And Gary, we're going to we'll get into a little bit more science here in a second, but like this whole vaccination thing and granted, don't get me wrong. I, I learned from, from, I went to people that I thought I could learn from. I read as much as I possibly could. And I, I made my decision and there was nothing fucking political about it and how this turned, but that's what happens where with this, culture has become so polarizing that it's affected everything that we even, you know, we're so quick to judge and we're so quick to th- run to this thing. And again, it goes back into the topic there of outrage farming. You know, somebody puts on a TikTok saying, saying I was, uh, uh, I was, or an Instagram post from Aaron Rodgers' wife that comes out or, you know, the, the, the all of these things, these social media things that happen. I mean, TikTok is so like addicting it. It's so scary, man. When you see the political propaganda that is up on TikTok, my God, it's insane, you know, but are we now just doing that? And now there's no middle ground. We're not talking to each other. We're not, we're not even, you know, having this conversation, these conversations with each other to have them to do, move these things forward. But, you know, it's just indicative of what we're going through today. Or Drico, my question again is, Am I am I completely off base here? Did the Gruden need to get fucking jammed up, and did he need to get fired because he's not a good person? He needs to not be coaching this the sport anymore. Um, I mean, the one thing about I, that I think about, I guess the the Gruden redemption story. Uh, like I guess that redemption story uh, obviously can't happen as a head coach as the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders now, but like he's he like. Regardless of, uh, I guess, of his, uh, of, of whether he's the head coach of someone or not, but like, he, he there's still, there, he still has the same opportunity, realistically, in my opinion, for personal growth as, uh, as he would have otherwise. Um, like the likes of Karen Lassup could still, he could still uh, say, hey, let me talk to Coach Gruden now. Because uh, I still respect him and I want to talk to him about it, like that that could still happen, uh, like and 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 Gruden could still he 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 could have a press conference tomorrow and say, hey, my comments were totally wrong. Like I've been reading about, I've been reading, I've been researching, I've been meeting different people, 
And like, I understand how hurtful that could have been. I understand how wrong it was. And like, I really want to grow from this and like help other people understand who, who might've been in the same mindset as me. Like that could all still happen. Like, and if I, I think if he did that, then like, I, I don't know. It may, I don't know if he could be head coach again. I don't know if he'd want to be head coach of another team again. Um, but it would, he, it would there, there definitely, in my opinion, a hundred percent room for a redemption story for Gruden. If, if, if he is going to be the, the one to show that growth and like, I think there should be. I think there should be room for him to grow, but he has to be the the one who 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 grows because, in in my opinion, people don't change unless they want to. I I uh, I, res- I totally respect that. Now, just to read uh, the Meeple Champ said, really the way Gruden behaved was a culture. Interesting. Now the conversations are wanted when that wasn't working before, when there was no danger of someone like this getting in trouble for this behavior. So I'm not. Um, I'm not asking for conversations now. I don't. I hope you're not misconstruing what I'm what I'm saying here, Meeps, um, because I, I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying that Gruden should be uh, exonerated for for what he did. What I'm saying is, I've and, and you have too, whether you want to admit it or not. Being around the sport of American football is. Um, sorry, I'm just searching for some glasses there because I can't read anymore because I'm getting old. Uh, being around this sport is completely, there are so many things that are wrong. <laughs> there are so many things that are wrong with American football out, outcomes. Um, there are so many things that are wrong with the way, you know, American football players especially uh, think and act and do and do things. And I'm not saying that that this shouldn't have Happen. I'm not saying that, you know, there's no reason why Colin Kaepernick shouldn't be playing football for an NFL team. Like, he's fucking, I mean, maybe not now just because if this, that he's this far, far away from it. And I, and I, and I didn't watch the Colin Kaepernick thing or whatever. I don't, I don't give a fuck about Colin Kaepernick. I'm just saying that, like, he probably is a good enough football player that he could be playing football in the NFL somewhere. And what they did to him was a fucking travesty, an absolute fucking travesty what they did to him. But, you know, this sport is going to be the last one to change, man. This sport's going to be the last one to change because, and for as much as you, I think in America, especially as we're seeing the sport changing in this horrible way, like in Ireland, we're seeing, you know, more women get involved in the sport. We're seeing a, a movement to, you know, a whole bunch of different sort of, uh, rules regulations save save it save it save it save your head don't get hurt don't get hurt but that's because you know people even in this country in ireland they they don't play it for the money so it's a bit of a different situation but you know like i'm not saying meeps that he shouldn't he shouldn't deserve to be punished he does he deserves to be punished probably what i'm saying is we don't fucking know and it happened in a sport that's deadly and it happened by a guy who's super old school and like my grandfather, God rest his soul, who served for his country, who served in Korea, who like, like purple hearts, like he was, 
probably a racist. Like he probably he probably used anti-Semitic language. Like, and I'm not, I'm not saying that he's right. I'm not saying that what he did was right. I'm saying that, that Gruden is still part of that old sort of dog philosophy that we're bringing in. And yeah, he deserves to be punished. But like, you know, he still, that doesn't mean that because he said these stupid shit that he couldn't at least understand and, and learn from it in some way, shape or fashion. You know, I only hope my grandfather learned from it. I'm sure he didn't before he died, but that doesn't make him any less of a person, but that's just a generational thing that came from where this was more accepted and it's not. And sometimes it's hard to get out of people's systems. If it's not, if it's something that they they're so used to and so ingrained in, I, I don't know. Maybe I don't make any sense though. Gary, what do you think? Oh, I hear what you're saying. It's it's a tough one. It's like, you know, do you give him the opportunity to grow and, you know, while the coach, while as the coach of the Raiders and, you know, have him sit down with these people and, and learn from them or, you know, do you just pull the plug straight away and and that's it? And I don't know if there, I, I don't know if I have a solution either way. Um, I'm just saying maybe there could have been an opportunity there for him to, to realize you know, holy shit, I said some bad things a few years ago. Um, you know, can I change? I don't know. I, I don't know John Gruden personally. Um, I only know the persona I see on TV and on the sidelines. So I don't know him enough on a personal level to know if he can change. But, you know, see if there's an opportunity there. Um, and if there isn't, if he's still the same guy as he was a few years ago when he sent those emails, fair enough, move on. But um, I don't know, like I'm sure lots of other coaches and lots of other players all around the league have said some awful shit as well, you know, and if if you're going to pull the plug on one, you're probably not going to have many head coaches or football players around, you know, <laughs> like where does the book stop? It's going to keep, I mean, we're, we, we've seen it again, you see it before, you're going to see it again, and these, it's these, these old school sort of American football coaches, they just seem to get themselves in trouble, like Urban Meyer gets in trouble this year, like they just... They just seem to get themselves in trouble, don't they? It's it's actually kind of, in a way, it's sort of funny about the league that that's the way the way it goes. But uh, Gary, I got you on. I just want to to literally, we'll spend as much time as you want to spend on it because I know that this is what you deal with and this is your job and this is your shit. Um, but do you have anything to add about? Uh, a, what we said about uh, uh, the Aaron Rodgers situation, if you were listening before, but B, uh, you know, where well, the last time you were on was we were quite early in a uh, crazy situation. Um, we were, you know, vaccines were being brought out and worked on and, and done and we had you on and uh, and it was a really good understanding from your standpoint of sort of what of what the vaccine was doing, the the reasons for these vaccines being different, the reasons for the, the testing, and and you know, you even I'm, I, you've even changed you even changed at least one person's mind uh, on the situation based on you know your knowledge. But the fact is, it's science. It's all it's information that's that's out there. It's just kind of your your job to sort of know it, but. On top of the Aaron Rodgers thing, where where are we now? What's the story? What's the story with with to your knowledge with kind of the the booster situation? And and again, we can we can talk about it more. I, I can, you know, I, I got the, I got some articles on how COVID has cost twenty eight million years of life statistically around the world. Uh, when you look at uh, at at things that have happened during COVID, as well as age life expectancies going down in, in certain 
certain countries and stuff. But from your standpoint, Garrett, where where are we on top of that? Like like as as a world, are we? Is it going to get better? Is this is do you see do you see this sort of working its way way out? Do scientists do the data people think that we're that there's just not enough people getting vaccinated? Where 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 do you think we are with this right now? I think we're slowly going towards it becoming endemic, um, like the flu. You know, from the very, very start, I think when I came on the podcast last time, I had just gotten my, I think it was middle of January. So I had probably just gotten my second dose of Pfizer at the time. Um, you know, we were we were very early to get it because, uh, you know, working in a cancer hospital, um, most of the staff got their two doses of whatever mRNA vaccine they got within the first few weeks of January. So I think that's when I came on the podcast. And, you know, I, I said from the start, like, this is an RNA virus and viruses will mutate. That's what they do. And when there's a bit of pressure put on them, um, you know, they're going to mutate, they're going to change slightly. And they also change when anytime someone transmit the virus. So, you know, if there's millions and millions and millions of transmissions going on every day, eventually a virus is going to hit the jackpot, the genetic jackpot, where it figures out, oh, shit, this mutation actually might be more advantageous if we want to be a little bit more transmissible now that there's some immunity um, from vaccines and also natural immunity in the different communities. So I think the goal was and probably always will be, will be to treat it like the seasonal flu, where, you know, over a few months, the virus, and we've seen this now already, variants popping up all over the all over the globe really the, the one we're battling right now originated in india and that came about because the original strain was just ripping through india like wildfire and like i said all it has to do is hit that one genetic jackpot and figure out a mutation that's gonna like make it more transmissible and it's gonna that'll rise to the top that'll become the most dominant mutation that's circling so it's pretty much become the most dominant strain all over the world like it probably accounts for 99% of all samples that are sequenced here, uh, the Delta strain. So I do think, though, that the vaccines have helped. Um, you know, and I think there's a lot of misconceptions about the vaccine. The, the, no vaccine is 100% perfect. I'll, I'll say that much. You know, the flu, the efficacy of that in a good year was probably 50 to 60%. And I think when we saw vaccine efficacy at the start, 95%, 90%, whatever it was, I think people were assuming that was going to offer them some, you know, like bulletproof protection or like chain mail that, you know, vaccinated, they, they weren't going to get anything when that's not really the case. It's the design of it, really. The goal of the, the clinical trials were to lessen the severity of symptoms. And, you know, it's not 100%. And we've seen now that Delta has some uh, immune escape because it's slightly different from the original strain. And that's all it needs is, you know, another variant popping up around the world somewhere we're so interconnected now with you know you can fly to any country in the world you want in like a few hours so you know all it takes is one or two people hopping on a plane with that new variant and it starts spreading away like it did with the delta so i think a big a big key goal that has to be reached is the vaccines have to get out to more countries quicker and it puts me in a bit of an ethical quandary because i'm actually entitled i wouldn't say entitled i'm allowed get a booster if I want. But in my head, I'm like, well, I've got two doses already and there's still 3 billion people 
elsewhere in the world that haven't haven't even gotten one though. So why aren't we trying to get doses out to those countries? Because if it's ripping through like wildfire in one of those countries, inevitably a variant is going to pop up and it's going to reach our shores. So shouldn't we be doing a better job of getting more vaccines out to other countries and you know not worrying too much about boosting people in my demographic who are younger and healthier and less at risk than say a 70 75 year old person that may have diabetes or you know any other comorbidity you want to name so i think we need to do a better job there's like been four million four billion doses given out across the world i think that needs to increase um i know moderna have sent out a lot to africa there recently so i think those programs need to ramp up a little bit because you know the developed world has uh, has had the pick of the litter you know they're flush with doses and they can pick and choose whatever they want and then you have a lot of other countries that have none at all so i think the next few months they need to start getting massive shipments out to uh, lesser developed countries if we're going to get a really uh, proper handle on this going forward that's a bit so, of a long answer <laughs> no no it's a good it, no it, it makes i mean i guess the 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 it is. It's a moral and ethical question here. I mean, I think uh, Ireland, as you know, is giving out booster shots as well. Um, plus, this week they, uh, as uh, Goldia said, they donated a, a shed load of vaccines to Africa. Um, uh, is that forward thinking? But my question. But at the same time, you know, um, I mean, I guess from your standpoint, being able to get a booster, what well, you're at your age and your health, you're, you're you're right. It's probably, you know, it is it is a quandary. But here, I mean, I think that they would just people. It's a time for booster. Then give me the booster. You know what I mean? Because the Irish just want to get out of Ireland. Like we talked about this with Goldie before. You know, the Irish are chancers, so the Irish would, would be like just give me that shot and then send two more to Africa. You know, they'll pay for two more to go to Africa. That's what the Irish would do. You know, yeah. but will you know? Do you see that? I mean. In America, do you see do you see the change, the thought process change happening? I mean, we don't get a very good view of what's going on in the states. I don't think here in European TV because it, well, because the fact is it's all so polarized now. Um, but do you think that it's going moving in the right direction? Do you do you see? Am I wrong when I come on this podcast every week and moan about how being vaccinated has become a political? hotbed and it shouldn't be it's bullshit am, am i wrong now or is it, are americans changing uh it was definitely made political from the start and i think that's where america really found themselves in trouble was as soon as it was made political and um, you had people making decisions based on perhaps political allegiances or party allegiances as opposed to you know this is a public health crisis guys and we need to get it under wraps and um, it was probably less politicized in ireland and that's why the vaccination rates are a lot higher. Um, the vaccination rates are slowly ticking up here, and it's probably due to the mandates. And look, I'd, I would be the first to put my hand up and say, I hate to see it have to come to those mandates. Like, I would like to think that people, um, you know, have their fellow citizens' best interests at heart, and they would all just do what I think is the right thing and just get it done and we can move forward here because the debt rate here is far too high. Like, people think it's bad in Ireland. Like, if you adjust it for population, it's about 10 times as worse over here. And a vast, vast majority of those are uh, probably preventable because they're um, inpatients that are unvaccinated. And I have physician friends, and some of them are based all over the U.S., 
I have one physician friend who's in Dayton, Ohio, and he says he sees people very, very sick all the time. And a lot of them are young people. So people think, ah, oh, you know, you're young, you'd be grand. It's, it's not the case. It, this can affect young people that are in their 30s and 40s and, you know, even younger and people that you would think, oh, they're, they're healthy. Like this, this virus doesn't really discriminate anymore. The, the goalposts have moved. So I think the numbers have to get up here. Um, they're nowhere near, like I think, what is it, 95% of adults in Ireland are vaccinated. Um, yeah. It's probably at like, I don't know, like 50 or 60% here or something like that. So we're, we're definitely, definitely way behind Ireland. Um, and the numbers show that. The, you know, the seven-day average for fatalities is way higher here when adjusted for population. So um, the, the mandates get the numbers up. Uh, it shouldn't have to come to that. But, you know, an anecdotal uh, piece of evidence, but in my place of employment, you know, the numbers were we're 99.7% vaccinated right now um, in my institute. And those numbers weren't in the 90s uh, a couple of months ago before the mandates kicked in. They were probably somewhere around the 80s or something like that. And now it's 99.7%. So, yeah, some people probably, you know, weighed up. Um, am I going to have to lose my job here or am I going to get this vaccine? And it's a horrible decision and it shouldn't have to come to it. But if the end goal is to get the numbers up, the mandates have been working here, whether you agree with them or not. Um, they've been getting the, the percentage of people vaccinated up. And going forward, that's how it has to, like the numbers have to be better. Simple as that. How about, uh, we're going to bring you in here, Drico, uh, to talk about Ohio, because you're in a, an interesting situation there too, because you are in a college city. Um, and like uh, Gary said, his his uh, colleague there in, in Dayton. Um, what, what, are you, what are you hearing in, in Columbus there, pal? <laughs> Hey, uh, so um, I guess the in, in Columbus, they're probably closer to, I would say, mid-70s. Um, the, the thing about it is, is it, it, it has become this like very polarized thing. And what I'm what I guess, uh, obviously, uh, I'm not I, I wouldn't see the full picture in, in Ohio. Um, but because. Uh, um, but what I'm kind of saying is that like people have are now more entrenched than ever in in these opinions that hey uh, it's not a good idea to, to get vaccinated. Hey, we 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 we, uh, we don't know the long term risks, and and they'll just they'll, like you solve one question and they have another question ready to go, and 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 I think for some people they'll always have another question. Um, yeah, they always do that. They always stretch for that one more, right? Um, and I think in terms of like the young people, uh, the young people being affected by COVID, uh, just again anecdotally from what I've seen, uh, like just because you don't go to hospital, just because you don't die, just because you don't get really sick, doesn't mean you're not badly affected. Like I know lots of people who've gotten long COVID, where like they. Uh, they need to do breathing exercises. Like they, uh, they, they, their, their lungs are basically taking a battering, and uh, they, they go months uh, of having to basically rehab to uh, so that they can they can exercise again. Uh, and like I, I think that that happens a lot more frequently um, 
uh, indiscriminately of age. Like that happens to a lot more young people where they don't get that sick, but the long COVID like becomes a serious issue. Uh, and then I think somebody put it like, "Hey, even if even if it's like ninety nine point five percent of uh, healthy young people don't get badly affected, well, that's still one in two hundred. Like, and so if like two hundred people get it, one of them with no underlying conditions, like even though those odds are are like statistically good odds, like that means two hundred people got it." And one person is still very, very sick. Like, and I think that people there, uh, like, or, or at least from what I've, uh, from what I've observed, that people don't really understand that too well, and uh, they they read their new, they read their news sources, they watch their channels, and uh, the the opinion just follows whatever. Like, they 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 like lots of people talk about like having an independent opinion. But it's just human. It's almost human nature to uh, to like gravitate gravitate towards what your what your uh, so called community is. Yeah, you're totally you're you're totally right there. And uh, well, I got you. You're both muted there. So, Draco, I'm going to bring you back in. I want you to tell the story of uh, what's going on in Greece, and and then I I can't wait to hear Gary, Gary's response response. So, but there's an interesting. Um, there's an, an interesting thing that was going on in, in Greece with uh, anti-vaxxers and doctors. Jacob, why don't you take that away? Yeah, so in Greece, um, and I guess every country in the world just has these anti-vaxxer people. Um, and the, there's these people in, in Greece, uh, and what they've done is they, they, they were bribing their doctor. They, they paid their doctor $400 to quote-unquote get the COVID vaccine. And the and the idea was that they wouldn't act, they they get an injection, but it it it'd just be like uh, some nonsense thing, basically water, uh, and um, and then they would get they get their certificate, they've been vaccinated, and happy days. They they, they avoid all the all the all the complications that they believe are, are coming. They uh, are in Rogers' situation. situation, right, uh, and. What actually happened in reality was the doctors took four hundred dollars, told them that they're oh yeah like wink wink, and then gave them the COVID shot without telling them, <laughs> and like they they, they just believed that they'd not gotten it. Well, so I'm gonna mute you there, Gary. I don't know if you if you understood that. So the doctors were getting paid four hundred quid to give them a shot of saline and sign over the vaccine and say that they were they were a vax when in fact they weren't. But in the reality, they were because the doctors were just pocketing the money and giving them their Johnson and Johnson shot and go moving going on with their day. I actually did hear this story because I um we have a Greek intern in our in our department and I I I read this story out to him. He was like, oh yeah. He's like, there's the vaccine hesitancy in Greece is really bad. Um, and he was like, oh, yeah, I've heard about this story that people are going in. They think they're getting a saline, basically what a placebo um, injection would be. And they're actually getting, you know, they're probably waking up in the morning saying, why the fuck is my shoulder absolutely killing me? Um, and, yeah, the doctors are pocketing the money. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, from, a, from a, an ethical financial standpoint, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I know. I don't know what to say, but like, look, they're getting people vaccinated. Uh, I know. 
<laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible. In fact, I think that in uh, a lot of these Eastern Bloc countries, you're hearing, you know, the s- very similar stories. Uh, um, uh, I have a friend who's Lithuanian and is saying, you know, he they they just are the word mandate or whatever the Lithuanian word is for mandate. You think it's bad in America when you hear the word mandate. You know, <clears throat> think about it from a point of view of of you know, especially countries that were once under this huge banner of the Soviet Union, you know, that fell apart into independence. And now they're being told about mandates from their government. You know, the, the vaccine rates are, are, are completely shit in some of these countries that the vaccines are there. They're just not getting them. They're not, <clears throat> they're not taking them in, in some of these countries because they're so afraid of that word mandate because it's been so, so long since that's been done on a scale like this. Gary, you there? Yeah, or you just yeah. muted yourself. I'm, I'm there. I'm there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. Yeah, I don't really know what to say. It's just, uh, <laughs> I think, I think Ireland have. I think what <clears throat> stands to Ireland in a situation like this is, um, I, I think there's just a much more, there's much more sense of togetherness and community in Ireland, and that's easy when there's only, you know, five million people or four and a half million people, but I just think. Uh, Ireland are a little bit more together as a people and it might be easier because the population is smaller and then you have a country where you know 350 million people live like the US and uh, people are so far away and I think it's it's kind of hard to have that same uh, just community spirit if you will that Ireland has uh, and you think when it's when there's a pandemic going on and and people have to do the right thing to try and get us out of this mess. I think it's it's stood to the people of Ireland um, that the vast majority of them have have done what they felt is right to you know make this endemic or or just to to make the situation a little bit better for ourselves um, and, and get back to some level of, of normal life. So um, good job for Ireland. America still <laughs> still needs to try harder, in my opinion. All right. Well, let's. I mean. It, uh... It's it it's oh, when do, do I mean obviously this is this is crystal ball type shit and then we'll stop we'll stop talking about it's, it's we're running running to it and I want to get to a couple more things if we can anyway but uh, do you see this because of what it's become politically even do you see this scientifically as being something that we will be able to overcome or will it always is is this going to be you know the next five years of like. Do you have your vaccine to get on a plane? Do you, are you wearing your mask? You know, is this going to be that long a period of time of that? Or do you, or is this, you know, 12 months? Is it six months? Is it, you know, what, judging by what you're seeing or just c- collecting the data that, that you know of and nobody's holding it to you, how long of a situation do you think this is going to be? I think this whole situation has badly affected science because, you know, this, the scientific method didn't put its hand up and say, oh, I want to be politicized. It just happened, you know, and now you're going to have this, you know, people don't trust certain scientific institutions and because they may hear what they don't want to hear or may go against their beliefs or whatever it may be. And it's, it's like, guys, these are these guys are just reporting the data that we have, you know, and I've heard the phrase, you know, what are flip flopping. And it's like, well, that's how science works, guys. You you know, you get new data and you adjust accordingly. That's that's how the scientific method works. And 
you're if, if you're just planting your flag and never changing no matter what the the latest data is telling you well then you're not really following the scientific scientific method properly and i think it's it's really uh it's really done a number on science i think um you know never in my career as a scientist have i felt you know that there's such scrutiny it's like oh well if i report these results are like what sort of blowback or, or am i gonna get you know because it might be against people's personal beliefs and that seems to be common now it's like oh people don't like what the science is saying they, they get offended or they're like oh it's fucking bullshit and like i've never really felt that way before and um that seems to be the way things are nowadays and i i, I don't know how long it's gonna take to repair that damage that's probably happens to the scientific community it could be a generational thing i don't know um, could it's, be 10 uh, years i don't it's, it's, it's crazy to think about how much like you said that you know i never thought i would live in a time where we would say you know science took a huge step backwards you know and and the irony is it's so crazily politicized now that there's a big enough following for people who are saying essentially that science is bullshit you know what i mean and are being heard and are being <clears throat> like raising their voice like you know the the QAnon. did you see what happened there the QAnon that jfk jr was coming back and and he was gonna he was coming back into Dallas. JFK Jr. was coming back, and him he was gonna run for he was gonna be the vice president <laughs> under Trump for his next run, and and thousands of people turned out to Dallas, Texas, to the spot where JFK was shot. Thousands of people turned out to Texas, and to see the second coming of JFK Jr. so he could be vice president for Trump for his next run. So, like, these people have an effect on on normal people's thinking of science. You know what I'm saying? Like, how, how did this affect? How did this? How, I, I thought that we were mostly in the middle. Like, I always hear this, like, you know, it's the edges, it's the edges. And I, and I still believe that. I still believe that it's the edges of these societies that now we live in this world where it's just so easy to outrage farm and TikToks and, and all these facebook's and all the stuff all the social media that they do and we see how it won elections and it's and it's it's convinced like are we just have we just made ourselves so dumb do we just not give a shit about the facts and about science and about you know do we don't even care anymore about this stuff it's come to this crazy that it's taken a hit like we got to get that back uh Drick, i'm going to bring you in for this to see what your thoughts are but i, I mean like fucking hell man we, we got to get people that are fucking listening to the size like I, I'm, I'm just on a tangent here like you know joe biden are you fucking kidding me like don't get me wrong like joe biden is like like the the the, the right the right wing is eating him alive because he's an old dude who was the only guy who was gonna beat trump let's be honest he was the only guy who was gonna beat trump because he could out trump trump but like he's like the left-hand side total politician of of 
Trump, you know what I mean? But uh, so that that's and he still beat Trump. But Chico, what 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 are your thoughts about what Gary said about science taking such a a big hit? Um, I mean one one thing I I, I have been thinking about recently, uh, and and I'm not sure if it's correct or or, or, or wrong. Um, but one like uh, one example that people always bring up, and it was something that bothered me at the time as well. Uh, I think it was the WHO who came out really early in the pandemic and said, hey, actually, you know what? Don't wear masks. We have no evidence that these work. Don't don't wear masks. And I, I remember thinking at the time, well, like the countries that have had some version of COVID, the, the SARS and such in, uh, in Asia, they like they they've been wearing masks religiously and like they they've been dealing with stuff like this for a long time, yeah. So like, uh, so, it, just, it, it, so I don't this I necessarily disagree with you, but is that not exactly what Gary mentioned? Is that what that's the scientific that was? You would think that the World Health Organization maybe whatever reasons were for it, but you would think that the World Health Organization would use the scientific method when when they come out with these things and say, okay, well we're looking at this from the data that we've collected. And they hypothesized because things were going so quick. They made the hypothesis that, you know, based on our very normal data, you shouldn't wear masks. But then, I mean, they, they changed it. They're allowed to, they learn probably from what you're saying, like the exact stuff that you're saying and learn from what was going on in the Far East to say, you know, <clears throat> we have to do these things. But do you think that, that, that because they actually, because <clears throat> the scientific method in this case actually worked, that, the way it worked because it actually there was a failure at first before it, before it became the reality do you think that that hurt the cause of of what they were trying to put out there yeah so i i i i i understand it as like a process if 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 like if you are trying to come up with an idea or or some like if if you're if you're making a hypothesis about stuff you use the data that you have and, and, and that that meet the conditions that that you that you believe these testing or this like uh, uh, um, when they're measuring this sort of stuff, they obviously they need to have some kind of rigorous standard so that like it, it meets that kind of threshold. And what they had at that time, and I believe it's still the case, it's still the case uh, that they have no direct evidence uh, that uh, mask wearing. Uh, works but uh i guess the uh the 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 way i was kind of like thinking about it was that so that that in in terms of like a scientific community like and and how you how one member of the scientific community might communicate to another that does make sense but in terms of like uh talking to somebody who's not involved with the scientific community coming out with a statement that seems like it's coming from a place of authority of confidence uh hey this is the case and and that's just it like hey we, we've determined that at this moment we don't think masks make sense and then uh and then we've changed our mind like i think honestly i think that it would it would have been uh, better in in that instance to say, "Hey, we actually don't have a lot of evidence here right now. We're not sure, and we're not sure that it helps." 
Uh-huh. Well, I gotcha. No, it makes it makes sense. I'll bring Gary in for that just to to get your thoughts on that, and even on the WHO as in general from your sort of standpoint, like. Um, what do we really know about the WHO? Like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? And and do, did did they screw up when they came out with that? Obviously, I mean they 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 said shouldn't wear a mask, then they said they should. Here in Ireland, we actually thought that that issue was based on the fact that we needed to get those masks to the people, frontline workers first, and there was only a certain number of masks that could go around. So people just buying up all these masks was going to be not helpful for the people who needed them most, I'd say. Um, but wh- what's your, you know, your rebuttal to, to that? And also, you know, my, I'd be interested in your thought on the WHO as an organization, if you have any thoughts on them. I think the issue with the WHO making that statement at the start was they didn't have much data coming out of China about the efficacy or lack thereof of wearing masks. Um, you know, it was everything was moving so quick. And, you know, let's be honest, China aren't the most forthcoming nation when they want to share information. So it's possible they just didn't really have much data coming out there, whether they knew or not. You know, I don't think asymptomatic spread was really well established there either in China at the time. So they were like, well, we don't have any evidence to the contrary that, you know, people should be wearing masks when they're out and about. And then all of a sudden, you know, as I started to hit Europe, all the, you know, floods of data came in to say, look, guys, this is more than likely airborne and people can be transmitting it asymptomatically. We need something to you know, stop these droplets that have the virus within them. Um, people should probably start wearing masks. I was a bit, I was, a, although they probably didn't have the data, I was still a bit, um, I would say, taken aback when they made that first statement because, you know, history tells us that in Asian countries, mask wearing is very common. People wear masks all the time when they're on public transport and other kind of tight environments where people are maybe squashed together just in case that, you know, they may be sick and they may give it to others. So, it, you know, mask wearing was, and that, that might have been part of the problem because mask wearing is more common over there. And they're like, look, well, we don't really know yet because this virus is still spreading and but people wear masks. So are, are they doing something or not? And then I think they did get enough data points back in where they were like, okay, yeah, we need to start wearing masks. And another anecdotal case, but in our institute, like our level of infection is very, very low because everybody wears masks all the time. Like mm-hmm. our positivity rate, um, you know, we do weekly PCR tests in their place. It's way below the national uh, and both the city and state average of both Boston and Massachusetts. Way lower, like orders of magnitude lower. And that's because, you know, I can't say it's purely down to masks, but everybody wears masks and there's the hygiene and we try and distance as best we can. So the preventative measures are doing something, whether it's, you know, it's just an anecdotal case for me or it's reflected um, on a wider scale. But I, I just think they, did, they didn't have information at the time. And then they, they went back. They said, look, we were wrong. Um, the data shows us now that we probably should be wearing masks. And I even remember, like, the second week of March, we just happened to have a few N95s here. And I sent two home to my parents because I was like, this is going to, this is coming to Europe and people are going to probably have to start wearing masks. So if I'm thinking about that, if I'm thinking about getting my hands on some N95s, surely everybody else would have been. They're like, oh, we want the best mask possible. And I don't know, maybe maybe there is some truth to that. If everybody was, 
you know, look what we did with the fucking toilet paper on shelves. Like, <laughs> if we if people are told you need an N95, you know, people are going to be getting 10 of them. They're not going to be getting one. They're going to get 10. So that that could have been a that could have been a reality that people were just stockpiling N95s and really good filtered masks and all of a sudden we have fucking none for medical personnel. Um there was they were stretched thin at the start and you know, we remember all these stories about the planes coming back from China with all the PPE and stuff. So it's possible that could have happened. Um I don't know what truth there is to it, but like I if I'm thinking about that, I know others would have getting their hands the best mask possible. All right. Well, listen. I, I want to get off of uh, get off of that that serious topic uh, <laughs> since we're we're almost done because I got we got more serious topics to talk about. And um, I don't know if you know this, uh, but uh, Jeff Bezos and Leonardo DiCaprio got beef. No, <laughs> this is this is. I mean, this is. I mean, is this as bad as a pandemic? I mean, they they, they got beef. So, uh, um, so apparently. You know, Jeff Bezos's new lady friend uh, was at a, a party uh, with Jeff, uh, him and his girlfriend that he got divorced from his wife for. They were at a, a party or some gala or something, and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was there. And there's a, uh, um, I actually think the video was put out by Barstool Sports. So, Gary, you would know more about this than, than I would maybe. But uh, um, there's a short video, and it's basically of Jeff Bezos's girlfriend fawning completely fawning and looking into his eyes deeply into DiCaprio's eyes as he's saying whatever he's saying and Bezos is saying what he's saying and uh and then <laughs> Bezos just then uh yesterday or the day before sent out uh a twat a tweet tweet to uh to that showed him standing over a sign that said danger steep cliff fatal drop and he said Leo Come over here. I want to show you something. So either, either, either America's the world's evil supervillain is actually starting to rear his ugly head, but or or, or I don't know. But we we got some some big problems here. Uh, Drico, what, what do you think about the uh, think about the, the uh, Bezo situation, Bezo situation, my friend? Are you there, Drick? Hey, Oh, sorry. I thought you were actually asking uh, Gary. Uh, sorry. I'll, I'll get to yeah, Gary next. I, I, I'll get to Gary next. I, uh, I, I think um, it, it, it is funny. Like, obviously, yeah, it's it's nice to have something light, lighthearted to uh, talk about. Um, I, I think the fact that he did post that on, oh, on oh, wait, Twitter. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before we, wait, wait, wait. I, I'm sorry. I just had to mute you there. I don't know, man. Is this something lighthearted to look forward to? Or is this Lex Luthor finally starting to come after Batman? Oh, well, when you put it that way. <laughs> uh, I think, though, like, I think when, uh, when you're in the situation that uh, Bezos is in and you're an older dude with a younger woman. Uh, I think that like, there's obviously going to be uh, differences there in, in how you look at things. And like, I, I honestly, uh, I, I, I like, I think he kind of has to, uh, if, if, if that's the, if, if that's the kind of relationship that he's, uh, he's after, that's the kind of behavior he's just going to have to live with. 
<laughs> I, mean, I guess you're right. He's either going to have to live with it or he's going to uh, finally activate <laughs> those the, that uh, Star Wars system that he put up in the, in the space with uh, William Shatner. Like, I don't know. What do you, what do you think that guy? You think that we got to worry about this or, or, or do you think you think he's puffing up or do you think it's a joke? Well, Jeff's Jeff's lady friend was re- ready to risk it all with Leo DiCaprio. <laughs> Holy the video shows that Jeff's lady friend was willing to risk it all, doesn't it? I, I, has anyone seen her since, since that photo of the cliff? No, I haven't. I haven't she hasn't been seen in public. Um, like I, I saw the video, I was like, Jesus, she is like putty in Leo DiCaprio's hands. Like she was all over him, and with Jeff right there as well. Like he could have been saying, he could have been reading out the fucking local phone book and she would have been just fawning all over him. And with Jeff right beside it, I was like, Jesus Christ. But I'd say it's probably just, it's a bit of banter between the two of them. Cause I think both of them are, it was probably like, wasn't it um, a climate change dinner or something they were at? That's why they're about there or something like that. So I'm sure they, they run around in the same circles together and um, being involved at that. So I'd say it's probably a bit of banter, but Jesus Christ. I would have been having words with her now after seeing that video because she was all over the Caprio there. I don't know though. I guess that leads to my next question. Like, I mean, for me, for me, I would just be like, go ahead. You know what I mean? It's Leo DiCaprio. I, I probably, you know, you know, we all. I mean, if, if let's be honest, if we were that close to Leo DiCaprio, there might be, you know, a few semis had by a few men in the room. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, you, can you blame her? Can Bezos? I mean, I mean, I get it. I get it, Bezos' attitude, but from a Bezos standpoint, he's well, the richest man in the world. Like, go. Ahead. Is it just like, uh, you know what I mean? For go, go ahead. You know, do you think these things aren't done already amongst the the wealthy elite? They're already they're already all all banging each other somewhere, right? Like all these guys, <laughs> none of them understand. These guys only understand each other. They have parties for and nobody can come except each other. You know what I mean? These guys have so much money that we don't even understand the air that they breathe, and <laughs> now they're trying to become relevant by tweeting. You know, and then you have the other uh, cra- crazy. Uh, billionaire richest man in the world uh elon would you let him yeah I, I, goldie that, that's what i'm saying i i mean from my standpoint i'd be like what 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 do we have to lose my wife's gonna come out with a good time right and dicaprio's <laughs> not gonna marry her you know maybe she's gonna go she's gonna come back like like how was it you know what i mean was it good for you was it fun like you know what i mean from my standpoint i wouldn't have had words i'd have been like you know Let's, can we make some money off of this? How can we do it? But by all means, like go ahead. That's that's what my answer would have been. But then we have what what and this one's a more of, of a tricky one, and I know much less about this. But I mean, realistically, we have a guy like um, uh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk, who like changes, who has more more uh, influence on what happens with with cryptocurrency than any man and he basically is just tweeting his way to figuring out which one he wants to invest in next and people are still falling all over the the cryptocurrency but elon's like elon's coming out and asking why uh senators uh pp look like it just came on twitter i mean these guys are awesome they're just they're 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 amazing uh, what these what they're what they're what they're doing, and, and they use they social, use media, social media, so media so much. much. Jico, what do you, what do you what think do you about think? them? So, um, 
I agree. It is. It is. It's. It's great entertainment. Uh, uh, Elon Musk's Twitter account. The like, the stuff that he says. The like, it it is very funny. Uh, I I think that. Uh, and I doubt this is controversial. He just loves the attention. Like he absolutely loves the idea that he can say these things, and all of this crazy stuff will happen. Like I'd say he like yeah, that that's great for him. Uh. The one thing that was interesting uh, was that when he put out that uh, poll as to whether he should sell 10% of his uh, Tesla stock, and like a lot of people believe the idea that like he actually he actually let a Twitter poll decide whether he do it or not. Um, the funny thing about that is there's literally there's a zero percent chance that he allowed that poll to make that decision for him, like. He he was already selling that stock, uh, because as as an insider for the company, he has to file all these forms with the SEC already. Like he has to like, he he has to have this all set up beforehand. Like he can't just like go ahead and do it. And so like he was already planning to sell that stock, and then he was like he was trying to come up with a new publicity thing. To like for a reason to sell, like his first one, his, the first thing he tried to do was somebody said, "Hey, if Elon Musk just sold this amount of stock, we'd sell world hunger." And then Elon Musk goes, "Oh, really? Like, if you can come up with a detailed plan as to how I can sell world hunger, this Tesla stock, I'm, I'm let's do it. I'm ready to do it." And like the guy just never responded. And then he was like, "Okay, like, what's the new way that I can have a reason to sell it?" And it'll be funny. And then he put the the poll. That that's that's my theory, uh, on what happened there. That's that's. He's just a, he's in he's in he's totally uh, Elon's a different kind of character than uh, than Bezos in a lot in that way. I think, isn't he? I don't know if uh let's see Gary are you back in there? Yeah, there I, I, I what do you think what do you think about Elon? Um so you still got me. Uh I did th- I did think that it was interesting. I saw something that the other there, day yeah. that uh so he's from South Africa. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um I believe like he re- revealed on SNL that he's on that he's on the spectrum. Uh so like that obviously adds like quirks to his personality and there's a, a bunch of stuff that he would have to deal with too that uh, I don't think we could uh, ever realistically fully understand but uh, I saw some kind of video where he explained that uh, his uh, his granddad was the first person to uh, fly all the way from uh, South Africa to Australia and the way he did it was he had, he had a it was a one person plane and uh, whenever he landed, he would have to reconfigure the uh, the engine from diesel to petrol or petrol to diesel, uh, um, based on what uh, based on what was available in the local area. And he just he did that on this tiny little plane all the way from South Africa to Australia, uh, reconfiguring the engine every time, and like just like just come. Uh, he obviously just comes from this kind of like. Uh, kind of, uh, how do I say it? Uh, not that, but like whimsical 
like line of just like crazy inventors. Uh, I can confirm that I've not gotten hand tra transplants. If there's any uh, potential donors out there, I, I really need them. Like, please, please, if you're willing to donate your hands. Uh, so am I the only person there? Can am I the only person on this uh, line now? I think, or can nobody hear me? I'm here. Okay, I think I think we lost Romo, so uh, I'm the captain now. Uh, what do you think about Elon Musk, Gary? You might have to. His microphone comes up as that he's he's on. Uh, I just oh, don't. You what? I, I'm I, getting I, an echo when I'm speaking. So, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to always have my brain switched on the way Elon is. Like he said this in the Joe Rogan um podcast, like his brain just never stops and. I don't know if I'd be able to live like that, you know. Like, he probably goes to bed, probably only gets four or five hours sleep at most. Now he's a new dad, it's probably even less. But he, you know, his brain is just always thinking of crazy ideas all the time, and it probably just never lets up. Um, so probably why, you know, he he does all this mad shit. That's just his way of kind of degassing for a little bit and um, relaxing, because when, when your brain is churning 24-7, 365 with all these crazy ideas and must just take a serious toll um on the mental well-being so uh, yeah i think he's a, like he's clearly um a visionary and he's clearly a super super intelligent fella and you know he's always willing to put money into stuff uh, to make things better but i just don't i don't envy him um having his brain just going crazy all day long um i like to be able to you know, switch off for a few hours and, and kind of relax. And I don't think that's the case with Elon, but um, he's an interesting character, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I know we'd already left this uh, this topic, but I did. I, I actually personally wanted to ask you um, about, like, I, I remember uh, Ramo had asked if there's, like, an end in sight to COVID. One thing that, like, has me, like, kind of, like, semi-optimistic is that it looks like there's new like antivirals potentially uh, coming out? Uh, do you do you ever think that like there could be a case where, hey, uh, okay, somebody got COVID, and no matter what happens, we've got these new antiviral drugs, uh, or or COVID pills that like okay, we, we can we can just cure, we can treat this. Great question. Um, I. You know, we were able to get a, the scientific community was able to 
identify a virus, sequence its genome, and get a vaccine out all within 12 months, um, which is unheard of and uh, an amazing feat of scientific ingenuity. So I do, I am um, hopeful that no matter what the virus will throw at us over the next few years, um, that the scientific community will learn from it, has already learned from it, and will have extra tools in its 